Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, boy, how are you? It's 3.03 on Friday afternoon, right before Christmas time. And it's only me, it's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis, sidekick producer. Sports raconteur extraordinaire has on his little special dancing elf hat of some sort. Yeah, little uh, jingle bells on the end of the flaps. I'm not sure what you call it, but it's fairly remarkable. <laughs> and the mechanical mangler at the controls, it's Falounder. And it's Letter Rip Friday, Thursday, sucks and so do you. It's Friday, I'm in love. I'll see you a little later, Christine. Ride me home, calling me baby. Everything's going to be fine. we got a lot going on. We're going to do all our Christmas stuff today. We're, we're going <laughs> to do it early. We're going to do it late. We're going to do it all afternoon because all I really have to say today is Saturday. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> yeah, mercy. I love this silly song. Anyway, how's it going? 304, nice to have you aboard. Pete Davis, when's your next Holy Crap at Sports uh, podcast other than uh, 5 o'clock today after I did one early this morning, the well, last one of the year. Well, yes. there you are. Congratulations on it. And uh, Flounder, how you doing in there in the uh, dark studio, the cave of darkness in there? Is All right? is well back <laughs> on this side of the glass. Outstanding. Are, are we basically alone here today? I, I see... Uh, uh, there's a few. Yeah. I mean, Ed's here, as always, yeah, the sales I, guy. I, I, and... I tell you, the guy never... It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> That's the damnedest thing you ever saw. Uh, anyway, 305 on the clock. Uh, here's our, we love phone calls. Uh, please call if you, if you have something to say. You want to, I mean, this is our last show f- until next yeah. year. We're gone for next week. And, oh, there's some, uh, stand up, stand up for G. And what's that? <clears throat> We're never alone. No, no, it's a, it's a statue. I'm on my We're God. never alone. Uh, what a horrible always... statue of Jesus. It looks like Yasser Arafat, for one thing. And then he's got, uh, he's got like uh, uh, arms that. It's the reason that the Season. Yeah, but his his arms are like made uh, like of uh, folding uh, collapsible plastic something or others. That's that's a horrible. Where'd you get that? Oh my goodness! Wow, that's an he's ugly signally, doll. <laughs> he's signaling a touchdown here. By the way, a touchdown. Signaling he scores. Touchdown. By the way, he's got rollers. I saw he's the got ro- rollers. He's rolling the Jesus, feet, holy so roller. He's roll a holy roller. He's a holy roller. There's no question about it. <laughs> I guess that's roller. no longer. <laughs> It's not my you, the one who showed me the rollers. He looks like Russell. 
Yeah, Russell Brand. He looks like Russell Brand. Yeah, he does exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, 306, 306. Here's the number, 404 741 1230 And again, we're uh, now here. here's my philosophy. I, I know, just for kicks, a couple things. I just Googled, just for, and I didn't Google, I wazed uh, if, how long it would take me to get from here to the play, the park and ride areas off of, uh, you know, near the airport. I don't know I a specific address, but for th- those areas right near the airport for the park and ride, from here uh, at uh, the ballpark, which is like right now at 285 uh, and, uh, and I guess 75, so it's not that far, uh, about an hour just to drive from here down to the airport. From here. so Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's not going to get any better. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, who, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, just, you know, so plan accordingly. In fact, they're saying, I got some travel stuff here. They're actually advising uh, a plan three hours to get to, the, to, get to your gate. Plan three hours oh, to yeah. get where you're going. So that's... Beforehand. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that's Yeah. Yeah, so we got that going for us, which is fine. Uh, and also, uh, coming up, uh, some tips on what to avoid when you get on the plane. The dirtiest parts of an airplane. We'll get, we'll get some fun stuff with that. Uh, also, we, we'll do, uh, uh, oh, as I was saying, my philosophy of a, a day like this uh, and kind of a pre-holiday show is that people are out and about. They're scrambling around. They're going to the store. They're getting ready for parties. They're getting ready to do They're leaving work. I mean, they're, you're in and out of your car. You're looking for a place to park. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. So my philosophy is, uh, since most, I, I, I realize we have a tremendous amount of bodies of people who listen to pretty much the whole damn show, which is fairly unbelievable. But uh, normally people don't listen for that long. So here, in order to make sure that we try to uh, have fun with everybody through the course of the afternoon, uh, we are going to do... Uh, some of our favorite Christmas things uh, between 3 and 4 o'clock. And then we're going to do some more of our favorite uh, Christmas things between 4 and 5. And then we're going to do a lot of the 3 to 4 things. We're going to do them again between 5 and 6. So everybody gets a chance to, you know, just a little hodgepodge of stuff. We're going to goof around, have some fun, and we'd love for you to join us again. 404-741-1230 if you'd like to, if you have something to say, or you want, or if we can help you. If you're having a bad day, if you're depressed and unhappy, and uh, maybe we can uh, cheer you up, or you want us to make a phone call to somebody i know that never works i always offer oh god and no one's ever done it but if you're if you're having a bad day you know you want to talk to your mother and you don't know how to break up you know say mom i love you at christmas i'm sorry i mean or, or whatever or dad i mean if you a thing you're, you know, want to make up with your daughter you haven't talked to in five years or whatever i'll freaking call her and and, and, and we, so i'm just saying i'm we're offering we're offering oh also a, a flounder i forgot to ask you about the birthday thing do we um um um, is there a number? I, I emailed her back and never heard anything. So if we just want to give them a nice plug today, I think that'd be great. Okay, I, uh, I'll wait a little while in case we hear back from her. Yeah, sure. Uh, in fact, I got to make a note of that too. Uh, okay, B day note to self. B, B day message. Sorry, I, we got yeah. so many things going on here. I got a whole. I got like Dear stuff. Daddy. I got actual stuff here. A list of all the things we're gonna do. Well, it's a it's a sweet thing from a lady uh, about her husband, and I want to help out, and it's a nice thing to do, and so we're gonna do it. And I offered to actually call, but we haven't heard back if that's uh, something we could do. Anyway, uh, just you know, we're going along, um, and uh, we have actually newsy stuff. There's some breaking news stuff and some goofy stuff, and we'll get to all of it. Uh, but uh, honestly, it's just we're going to be here try to have a little fun and relax and uh you know are you ready everybody ready for next week i guess pete are you not really no 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 you're not traveling you're you're uh you and you have some family doing, area, right i'm doing uh, probably the travel thing kind of drive around and uh, go go bet some money or something up at 
Cherokee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now, now, would you would you consider yourself? Now, would they be open on Christmas Day? I suppose uh, any any oh, yeah. resort will oh, be open Harris. on Christmas oh, okay. Day. Yeah, probably do big dinners yeah, and family stuff. Now, now, would you consider no. yourself being lucky on Christmas Day to go gamble? Are you a gambler? Are you a good gambler? Or a bad? I'm a terrible gambler. I, I lose no, no matter what. No. I, I play till I lose. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. That's how my brother lost all his money. That's why he still doesn't mm-hmm. have any. Uh, anyway, my brother uh, likes to gamble, but I, no, I like money too much to gamble. I'll play a little blackjack, you know, put the roulette yeah. wheel thing going. But that, talk about poker or craps, I have yeah. no clue about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, no. me either. Flounder, what about you? Are you a gambling type guy? Do you know no, about not gambling? really. I mean, I'll, I'll do it for fun. But I mean, if I go to Vegas or sit at a table, I might play around a blackjack or something. But yeah, the only times I've gone, I've mentioned before, but I'll, I'll take a hundred bucks or whatever. If I'm on vacation, I went with my daughter to Vegas and we went on a golf trip. My little daughter Sarah. And, and, and <laughs> in fact, I'll be just very quickly. I'm not a gambler. I don't know squat. I know, but we're in Vegas, and so we we go to the uh, um, uh, what's the one where you? Ha- uh, I guess it's the uh, roulette that goes round and round. A little ball goes round and yeah. round. Yeah. Okay, so we get to the roulette, and I don't know what any what's going on. I say, well, what? I'll just put some on a red, or black, and and so my little daughter Sarah, who's the, like like the perfect angel queen of all time, the sweetest, you know, master's degree helps you uh, children having problems in school. I mean, she's a to- so we got to table. She's just Okay, I'll double down on the X24. I'll take triple on the red green. I'll take a double ray on the over seven and under. I'm going, holy my God. Wait, where the hell did this come from? I mean, she's spitting out all that. I'll do the double action on the quad four. And we go, what the hell? I didn't even know what that is. She knows all the nomenclature. Who is this child? <laughs> this child of mine. Oh, unbelievable. That's a damn, honestly, it's a damn scared the crap out of me. I mean, She's whipping out these chips. I'm going, holy criminy. Anyway, but I mean, I'll take a certain amount of money and then I'll play till I lose it. And there's my entertainment. So I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever walked away with any money. I'm twenty bucks, maybe. You know, but I, I'm horrible. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Well, if I go to a poker table, ask me. My friend Danny McLeffy. I played poker with him. We went on a golf trip and, and, and sitting out playing poker. And I looked around and I said, Well, I know I'm the sucker. You know, I, I know it. And sure enough, I, every hand I had nothing. Anyway, all right, three. 312, 312, sorry. Um, oh, here's a, uh, well, I have a, um, let's see, 312. Uh, well, I don't, I, we'll do this coming up then. We'll, we'll do this coming up. I have the story of a tragedy of Father Christmas followed by some good news from our friends at the Animal Kingdom. First of all, let me ask you, and it's coming right up, but let me ask you this. I saw this for the first time the other day. I, in fact, last night I took some video of my friend, my uh, videographer, Valentina, <clears throat> is the one who officially took the video of me driving in my car. She was on doing the video of all the Christmas lights last night, which I put on Facebook. And so uh, when I was going to put a text on it, so I, opened, I, I got to the photograph, and then I hit it to, put, to, to post on Facebook, went to Facebook to post it. And as I'm writing down, on the bottom of what I, I wrote, my videographer, Valentina, captured a sweet scene on the way home. Right underneath that, there's a little doodad and a, and a tab, a line that says, write with A-I. What the hell is that? I, I mean, I don't know. What, what does that mean? If I, I didn't click it because I was afraid it was going to put take my phone into the world of, you know, the dark web or something. What, but where did that, how did that, what, how, who's got AI on there? All of a sudden it's in my phone? Everybody. Everybody. Huh? You could just have, a, have AI write it for you. Well, yeah. well what yeah. does that mean? If you click it, what is it? And then you, then you talk to it? I mean, what do you mean to write it? If you have to write AI. Know. 
Do it. Well, in fact, well, God, maybe I'll try that on the air here. Coming do back. It, well. See what happens. All right, well, yeah, I, I, well, in fact, I will try to do that and see what it says. It's right, your phone, thir- not mine. I know. Yeah. Hey, who cares? <laughs> it's only a phone. Uh, three thirteen. Give her feet and flounder. Christmas, Merry Christmas, and all a good stuff. We got it all coming up and have a little fun here uh, at one zero six three at Friday right before. But here we go. Here, Flounder. <laughs> is this uh, Joe Cocker? Uh, Rick Nielsen oh. from Cheap Trick. It's on your birthday. Oh, I, I wasn't quite sure. I was, my uh, bad. I, no, no, I, saw, I, I did see it. No, no, not at all. I did see, in fact, I looked at, uh, I thought at first it was Rick Nelson. And I saw, wait a minute, he's been dead for 50 years or whatever. Anyway, Rick Nielsen. Uh, 1948, Rick Nielsen, singer, guitarist from the American rock band Cheap Trick. Had the 1979 hit single, I Want You to Want Me. I like that. It was a good song, by the way. Uh, they also had the 88 single, number one, The Flame. And uh, this is his birthday. So he was born in 48, so he is 75 years old today. What are you on? Uh, thank you, sir. Excellent. Now, our, our other... Oh, 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 well, so he's our singer and our birthday guy. Well, that's very clever. It's kind of a, a, a two-for-one. Uh, uh, two mints and one. Uh, let's see, on our history list today, in 1956, a baby gorilla named Colo is born at the Columbus Zoo in Ohio, the first ever gorilla born in captivity, 1956. By the way, the last, every time I, if I've ever gone to a zoo, I love the uh, gorillas and the cheetah, the black panthers. Oh, man. I just, uh, that's oh, just uh, stunning. And I, I could watch the gorillas all day. Just a uh, uh, fun bit. Anyway, uh, okay, here, look, look, we got a million things. We got uh, uh, bum, bum, uh, Christmas stuff and all kinds of good things here today, too, for you. But first, let me try this. Uh, I, I've now gone into my, I'm going to post a video on Facebook. I'm, actually, I'm not going to post it, but I'm going to pretend to. I've, I've opened up the video I took of me at the, I was at the Publix this morning. And I, uh, some guy starts yelling at me at the parking lot, and I turn around, you know, with my gun in my hand, uh, cocked it. No, I would have had silly. Uh, and it was a guy who recognized me and wanted. So I did a little Facebook selfie interview with him, and so I'm. I put that on Facebook, and as I did, I noticed that it asked me to. Well, it suggested something, so I'm going to do it again. I just hit the picture. And I'm hitting done. It says, say something about this video. So I click that, and I'm going to write uh, hi. And as soon as I wrote H-I, right below that, it said, there's a, 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 a line that says, write with A-I. So I'm going to, now I'm going to hit that. I clicked it, and it says, your writing partner is her, H-E-R dot, dot, dot. How to use this tool. Write confidently with different writing styles, grammar and uh, more. How it works, AI uses your text and prompts to suggest new, uh, suggest new versions. Meta and AI, this experimental tool might make inaccurate or inappropriate suggestions. <laughs> your, oh, my God. Uh, your text prompts and feedback may be used to improve AI. And I say, I, I just clicked got it. And now, oh, my God. Oh, this is so stupid. Um, I wrote only, all I wrote on this before I hit the AI thing, all I wrote was hi, H-I. It's already told me now, try, make it exciting. <laughs> anyway, I, I, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to get out of there before I do it. But anyway, I, I'd never noticed before that all of a sudden, how did all of a sudden AI is in my phone? I didn't ask for AI to be in my phone. 
It's always been there. You just haven't seen well, it. Well, I haven't seen it. All right. Now, um, uh, let's see. Where was I? Jeez. Oh, oh. Uh, the couple. Oh, well, we're going to do a Christmas bit here in a second for you. All right. First, 321. Uh, Kim Repeat and Flounder. Nice to have you with us. It's a, we're off next week, so we're here, and then we'll be back uh, after New Year's. Our number is 404-741-1230. 741-1230. Some horrifying news in front of the children today in Russia. As a man dressed as Father Christmas, otherwise known as, what do they call him here? Uh, they got a different name for him here. For a Grandfather Frost. They call, in Russia, they call him Grandfather Frost, and he was on top of a 24-story building, and he was repelling. He's a professional climber dressed as their version of Father Christmas, Grandfather Frost, and he was uh, 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 repelling down a 24-story building to say hello to all the little boys and girls and families all below, <laughs> ready for him to come down and give them their wonderful happiness of Father Grandfather Frost when he fell, plunged, losing his grip, and fell 240 feet to his death. Yes. The red-robed Santa was an experienced climber, but he mixed up his safety ropes and resulted in the horrific fall. He landed on a snow-covered structure, one floor above the ground level, which meant the children didn't actually see his dead body. They only saw him fall. (laughs) <laughs> Originally, the, everybody there said, boy, what an act. Holy cow. Uh, one guy says, oh, you know, and by the way, his wife and kids were there. He said, uh, voices heard in the crowd saying, wow, he didn't fall, oh. right? Oh, no, he'll come around now to see the kids. He couldn't fall. They wouldn't do that. And then uh, one guy said, geez, my son didn't understand anything. Others understood and left in hysterics. Uh, everybody was having fun. No one could even think this would happen. Was, we thought it was a dummy or a prank or something. Holy smokes. Uh, by the way, Grandfather Frost is na- or dead mother. Rose is a legendary figure like Father Christmas recognized in East Slavic countries, including Russia. He wears a long red or blue fur coat, wields a magic stick, and often rides a troika chariot of three horses. Unlike Santa in the West, Grandfather Frost in Russia is helped by his granddaughter, Snegorochkrochka. It's possible I could have mispronounced that, Uh, meaning the Snow Maiden. Uh, The figure was exiled during the Soviet era, deemed an instrument of the bourgeoisie, uh, but it was made a late comeback in 1935 as Joseph Stalin looked to boost his own popularity. But Grandfather Frost took a 240-foot tumble to his death, and the kids did luckily didn't see his dead body, but they sure saw him tumble. (laughs) What's that? What a perfect out for the parents to turn to their children and say, well, well no, no Christmas this no, year. Too late, kids. We can't really. <laughs> Let's do a good news story. Then we'll do it. You just I, saw it I, right I there. And, and by the way, uh, <laughs> I think he's gone, so we won't embarrass him in person. Uh, but if he, in case you haven't heard this, uh, this is exciting. We got a hold of Scott McFarland. Scott McFarland's our, what, operations manager? What do they call him? Yeah, Commandante? He's our, ops, he's our general manager. General manager, option guy. Uh, and he uh, has a music Commandant. background. Uh, that's true. Uh, and he was actually uh, given a scholarship to the Juilliard School of Music, and we have his audition tape that got him in. Uh, Scott McFarland. Well, coming up in just a moment. First of all, I wanted to start with some more good news. Uh, This is a really an incredible story, just in time for Christmas. A little dog named Rose has been living near, near the village of Crawley Down in West Sussex, England, 
and they uh, people see the dog all the time, and then the dog takes off into the woods, and people say, well, gee, we I guess it's a lost dog, and it's a stray, and nobody knows anything, but people kind of have been leaving food out. And then one person finally said, now, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. So they put a camera up uh, to take pictures of where the dog has been going. They see him frequently at different times of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and he come, he's kind of wandering around. And locals believe this dog's been astray for a very long time. Well, finally, one dog recovery outfit in the uh, United Kingdom finally got the dog, trapped the dog, brought her to an organization that takes care of lost animals, and we're shocked to find that the dog was all scared to pieces but very gentle. The dog has a microchip, and it turns out her name is Rose, and she had gone missing within 24 hours of her adoption eight years ago. Uh, actually, maybe six or seven years ago, it turns out. Uh, nobody expected to discover she was a long-lost dog named Rose. She's a 12-year-old terrier, and she was sighted loose in the, uh, right after she went missing, but the family couldn't find her, and she would kept disappearing into the woods, and then the trail went cold. Now the dog is safe, and no, uh, now she'll spend the rest of her now senior life uh, not fending for herself out in the cold. Can you imagine? I mean, the dog is 12. That's, almost, that's pretty much the end of the uh, 12-year-old dogs are, you know, getting there. And so this dog has spent most of her adult life in the woods, afraid, hiding, and no one to play with. No, I mean, it's just horrible. Uh, she's finally safe, will not spend the rest of her senior years fending herself in the cold. Her original owners, unfortunately now, are not in a position to take her back. Their circumstances apparently have, quote, dramatically changed. I don't know what that means. They're thrilled she's safe and unhurt, but they're very upset they can't take her back. But she is going to a rescue home, and she will be taken care of, and she has a home after being lost in the woods for six or seven years. Wow. 327. Do we, do we have time now, Flounder, right before our break, to send the folks off to our break with uh, Scott McFarland's uh, his audition tape to get into Juilliard School of Music? You'll never forget this performance, my friends. I promise you. We bring you now Scott McFarland. Wait to hear the timber, the changing in the tenor, the changing of the notes, the octaves. And he oh, played uh, all himself. Scott McFarland right here. <laughs> Stars are brightly shining It is the night Of our dear Savior's birth There's a special vibrato he has going there With a boyful kind of a... Long lay the world In sin and error It's almost, almost a yoga It's kind of a... And the soul He does that. It's what? He does a kind of a throat glottal stop there. A kind of thrill of oh, starting to build now. Here we go. Here we go. The weary world rejoices. Ah, it's very close, very close. For yonder brings right. a new and right. glorious morning. Okay, bring it home, bring it home. Hearing aids, oh my god, I, 
The vibration alone is when Christ was My born. nipples are hard as a rock. It's like Scott McFarland, bring it home, Scotty. Christmas from 1063. 350, uh, three thought fits a uh, 331 with the Kimmer. I, I it was just nice working here. Yeah, it was good there, wasn't it? Does he know we're on it's vacation good, good next week, months. right? Is he in charge of vacations at all? <laughs> 331. Oh, he'll know. <laughs> the phone's ringing. Ah, crap. 331. Uh, now, don't even answer it. Don't even answer it. We're not here. It's on tape. We did it early. Joe Cocker changed a lot of things when he went to that big-time Charlie group. And on this day, 19... I'm just 19, idiot. 2014, Joe Cocker died of lung cancer in Colorado. He was 70 years old. He was born in Sheffield, I some they mean England, known for his gritty voice, spasmodic body movement. When he was performing, boy, that was, that's true. What a strange, jerking sort of a thing he had going there. Uh, definitive versions of popular songs of varying genres. Joe Cocker had a career lasting more than 40 years. He was uh, covered of the Beatles with a little help from my friends. You are so beautiful and up where we belong. He was made an order of the British Empire in 2011. In the 60s, Joe Cocker was performing as Vance Arnold. The name was a combination of Vince Everett, Elvis Presley's character in Jailhouse Rock, which Cocker misheard as Vance, and country singer Eddie Arnold. Oh, my God, Eddie Arnold. I used to play Eddie Arnold records when I came back, got out of the Marines and was a country disc jockey in Phoenix. Eddie Arnold, man, he was a great singer. Uh, anyway, uh, 336. Our, our, our birthday list today includes... We'll do another singer here, Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew. Luther is 63 years old today. And on this day in history, uh, hold on, Pete, don't listen for a moment. 1864, General William Tecumseh Sherman sent a message to President Lincoln, quote, 
I beg to present you as a Christmas gift, the city of Savannah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Oh, mercy. Oh. Yeah. How, how, how wide of him not to burn the population out of <laughs> Yeah, the they homes. put him yeah. in a flame. Uh, a nice by guy. the way, uh, 337, we got more Christmas stuff coming out. A whole bunch of things, some new stuff on the Supreme but, Court right now. Alan, we're going to play Alan Dershowitz comment about stuff. What's, what's that? The, there was no reason to burn Atlanta. There was no military no. Uh, reason to burn Atlanta. He did it out of spite, and he did it you know, basically to terrorize the population. Well, that, the reason he do it is to terrorize the population. So they said, oh, my God, here come those guys. So, you know, stand by and don't, my God, don't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, but again, well, anyway, I mean, obviously it was. It's war a, crime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 by the way, I wanted to, I can't wait to have you. I assume you're going to talk about a monster baseball deal with that second big time Charlie Monster guy going yeah. to. Holy moly. I mean, that's not fair. They no, got all got the three. good guys. They. Yeah, they got three major pitchers in uh, one week and uh, base, basically Major League Baseball is standing by and watching this happen. I mean, it's unbelievable. Let, let, me, let me throw something at you before sports. Yeah. They've spent over $1 billion. The Dodgers have over $1 billion. They have already spent more in free agency than over half of the other teams put together. Combined, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's good for baseball. Right. Yeah. Good for baseball. I, 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 whatever happened to the uh, luxury tax? Is that just not a non-factor? When you have that much money, it doesn't make well, any difference? Well, how much do you think they're paying Shohei Otani a year? Well, it's like a hundred million or something, is it? Or five hundred million dollars? I mean, some, no. you know, fifty million, eighty million, or whatever. Well, one million, two million a year. Oh, and then they've deferred six hundred and something million dollars for ten years down the road. Somehow they're able to do away with Kansas City tried that or Pittsburgh tried that. Manfred would step in and say, oh, no, that's not good for baseball, blah, blah, blah. But the Dodgers. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Well, anyway, I can't wait. A little after five, we'll have Holy Crap in Sports with Pete. And uh, I mean, I saw that headline and thought, oh, my God, they're not only stacking the deck. I mean, this this baseball season coming up could be unbelievable. (laughs) The only good thing is that the New York papers going nuts because once again <laughs> both those guys Mets, just yeah. told New York to go jump in the lake. Yeah, they, the Mets <laughs> thought they were going to get them both. I, there was talk about that anyway. Four zero four seven four one twelve thirty. Four zero four seven four one twelve thirty. And um, 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 uh, if you're traveling, uh, just a quick advisory note for you. And we're going to do an Alan Dershowitz uh, uh, soundbite coming up for Flounder shortly and talk about a Supreme Court case. Oh, also, Dukes of Hazard star John Schneider is now apparently being vested investigated by the Secret Service, and the liberals are going nuts. Wait, yeah, compared to what the liberals have been saying about Donald Trump and his children for the last four years. Yeah, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. First of all, if you're flying on an airplane, and I'm, again, I'm flying on Christmas Day to go surprise the grandkids out in Colorado. Um, here, here's a list of the five dirtiest parts on a plane. And uh, you, uh, uh, well, I'll just list them for you. Number five, bathroom handles. Quote, this is, these are from people who work on airlines. The toilets are regularly clean, but the locks and door handles are not. It's a good idea for passengers to use hand sanitizer or uh, stowing away their luggage, touching anything in the seat pocket in front of them, and going to the bathroom. Uh, there's one more thing you might want to touch on your flight. The um, uh, Food Policy Center says the drinking water on planes is potentially unsafe. The study showed that 7 out of 10 scored a 3 or below. The takeaway from doing research, not to drink the coffee or the tea because they make it with water. 
And apparently the uh, the laboratory sink handle is the grimiest, followed by the uh, tray table. Uh, but the number one thing also uh, for uh, dirty parts, uh, not only the tray table, uh, airplanes are riddled with grime and the, the tables go beyond general terms. They don't clean them that much. The overhead bin is a key place that you should wipe down or use a cloth on it because they're touched by a lot of people and rarely clean. And the dirtiest spot on a plane is the safety instruction card in the seat pocket. The tray tables get wiped down, but the instruction cards do not. Just a little thing for the record there. Anyway, uh, 341 with the Kimmer, uh, Pete, and uh, Felounder. Uh, a quick newsy thing, and we'll do some more Christmas stuff here. By the way, we're going to do ideas for some Christmas gifts, depending on your Christian denomination. Also, the story of the special gift and the uh, misunderstding entirely. And that could be a phone. Is that a phone call there? I think Flounder could be in the Is that a phone call or not? It is, but uh, <clears throat> the phone is not working up on the board, so that's what I'm trying to figure out oh, right now. Okay, so. Also, we will, I think we will be giving away tickets, but we may, if we have a problem, we may not be if we... Uh, uh, for the uh, Jason Peterson thing, but again, <laughs> now, well, now uh, flounders. I, I mean, it's really a shame because you know when when. The, and by the way, that's a ma- if you've never seen a, the uh, the board, the uh, uh, what do you damage control room and engineering stuff of a radio station. It's a very complex situation, uh, and and unfortunately, when it when it goes uh, zippity zappity, that's the you know he's in there going, what the hell's going on here? So it's not you know it's just a thing, it's just a thing. So we'll have to we'll we'll do with it. It's like we have a we have a bad delay today. Our delay today with Pete is more. Is worse than normal, so we just have to deal with it and move on. Yeah, see what I mean? That's my favorite thing is when your comedians are faking the delayed voice of the mo- coming out of the mouth and lips moving. <laughs> you can see it in some of the spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood. You can tell sometimes where they're, it's just not really, my, it's close, it's pretty good, but it's just, but the Japanese ones are horrible. I mean, those are just hysterical. Anyway, 343, uh, the Supreme Court is saying, hey, Jack Smith, what a scum, I hate this guy. He's a traitor and a treasonous uh, uh, a Trump despicabiler. I mean, I, I think I've just made up a new word. And the Supreme Court has told him to stuff it. The special counsel, Jack Smith, wanted the Supreme Court to uh, take immediately uh, the case to get uh, about Donald Trump. And uh, we'll start from the beginning here. He, the key question is whether Donald Trump, as former president uh, in the election interference case, uh, should go to a lower court hearing it first or go right to the U.S. Supreme Court. The this scumbag Jack Smith, his special counsel, wanted the Supreme Court to hear Donald Trump's bid to have his election interference case dismissed because of presidential immunity without allowing it to go to the CD, a D.C. district court. Jack Smith wanted to skip over the appeals court, go right to the Supreme Court because he wants to get Donald Trump on trial and convicted before the election. And the Supreme Court, uh, the uh, uh, district judge, declined to dismiss Trump's case, uh, said the presidency does not confer a lifelong get-out-of-jail-free pass. Then Trump appealed her decision to the D.C. court. They uh, said the justices Wednesday they should reject Smith's request, which they alleged had a partisan motivation and not rush to decide the issues with reckless abandon. Well, the court's ordinary re- review procedures will allow the D.C. circuit to address the appeal in the first instance granting the court the benefit of an appellate court's prior consideration of these historic topics per 
performing the traditional winnowing function this court has long preferred. Oral arguments are now scheduled for January 9th, coming up next month. And the Supreme Court says, screw you, Jack Smith. You can't pull a fast one like that. And I hope to God they're about to rule on the Colorado course. Uh, But first of all, uh, let's get to Alan Dershowitz, speaking of Colorado. They're all liberal, all Democrats, all seven members of their Supreme Court in Colorado are all Democrats, and they voted four to three to keep Trump off the ballot. Well, uh, Alan Dershowitz is going to explain why this is extremely flawed. Uh, should we do that right if we come back? Alan Dershowitz will talk about you do that. right here if you want. Also, uh, I'm not sure how long it is. Like I should have asked you beforehand. Oh, you're good. We're fine. Okay. Excellent. I hear music. I thought I didn't know whether that was, uh, that was a, a warning for me. Anyway, uh, the decision called the decision completely flawed about the Colorado case. And here's uh, Alan Dershowitz explaining why there's no power for the state court to do this. The Colorado court said is that he committed insurrection, which they say under the 14th Amendment disqualifies him. But the problem is because they haven't read the full 14th Amendment. Section 5 is as clear as could anything could be. The Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. It's up to Congress to enforce it, and they haven't done it. There is no power in a state court to enforce this, Colorado or California or anywhere else. And the Supreme Court, I believe, will come down very hard on Section 5 of the 14th Amendment. Look, think about it logically. The writers of the 14th Amendment were radical Lincoln Republicans in favor of Reconstruction. Do you think they would turn the issue over to Alabama and Mississippi uh, to decide who can run for president? That's the last thing they would have done. They wanted to centralize power, obviously, in the Congress, not in the Confederate state. These Democrats are traitors. They are willing to completely shred the Constitution to go after one man they're afraid of because they know he's going to win. This is despicable. Despicable. 347, Kimmer, Pete, and Flowers. What's, what's up with trash in Mississippi? You did it yesterday twice. Nobody's trashing. They've come a long well, way, baby. Know. Let's be nigh. Everything's fine. We're all yes, in this together. <laughs> Farther <laughs> than anyone. 347. Yes, they, they're wonderful people in Mississippians in every way. They're going to flood them in a minute. Dum-dum-dum. I love the bass. I love the bass. Yeah, baby. Speaking of the bass, love that bass. Our birthday list includes Megan Trainer, 30 years old. She's one who said, love that bass, right? Got to have that bass or something. Anyway, it's just a little Michael Jackson action here. He's got his uh, total hip-hop action here. Mm-hmm. 2009 on this day, the FBI released 333 pages of documents compiled about Michael Jackson between 1992 and 2005. The files revealed they made several investigations into death threats against Michael Jackson made by obsessed fans, alleged inappropriate involvement between Jackson and an underage male, as well as fears that he may have become the target for terrorists. Well, there you are. And uh, let's see our uh, history list today. Mm, 1984, four thugs on a subway train pick on the wrong guy on the wrong day. They show screwdrivers or weapons or something to rob Bernard Getz, 
So he shoots the four black guys, and he became the, the subway vigilante. And what a story, the symbol of New Yorkers' frustration with the Democrats' legacy of crime. And bringing it into 2024 ahead of us today. And Bernard, he was convicted of, of uh, having a weapon and went to prison for that, but he was not convicted of attempted murder or assault or whatever, as I remember. I could be wrong, but I think that's correct. 352. Holy cow, I can't believe it's almost, it's almost over the finger. Um... I'll just go ahead and do a quick newsy thing here. I'm going to hear from a, a Tennessee congressman about uh, honey traps here, too. The prosecutor who shielded Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, has testified 79 different times that she was not authorized to give her up her answers under oath. This is that former assistant Delaware U.S. attorney Leslie Wolf. You dirty, stinking, lying, cheat, perjuring traitor. She refused to answer questions during a House Judiciary Committee deposition uh, 79 times. She said, well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not authorized to uh, have a congressional testimony. I can't talk. A, a line-level personnel relating to an ongoing investigation with uh, charges pending, and I, the department generally does not authorize congressional testimony. Uh, the, the GOP has been arguing for a long time, uh, obstructing the inquiry into Hunter in the first place. Uh, she tipped off uh, Hunter's lawyers to investigate steps and forbade any inquiries into Joe Biden, even when communications had his name in them. And all the whistleblowers said, wait a minute now, we all, he, he's involved in this. She served on the squad of prosecutors signing off on that deal, which may, would, would got let, let Hunter off on all the major ones. Uh, she reached out to Hunter's defense team and told him that there's a storage area in northern Virginia, which they did not know about. About, which had records of all his business stuff. And so uh, clearly that was the end of that ball game. They got it out of there before it could be investigated. She tipped him off. She refused to let them search a guest house where Hunter used to stay on Biden's Delaware plant home. And she said, well, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. She also said, no, no, you're not going to talk about the big guy and nobody's going to ask about the big guy. She didn't want noble questions about the big guy. He's not involved in this line of criminality. She said she covered it up. And then on, under oath, she's 79 times. She said, oh, I can't talk about it. Here, there's, that's like the FBI director, a federal Gestapo investigation. Uh, Christopher the Cossack Ray, uh, he, he keeps saying, oh, I can't talk investigation. He's a liar. He's a perjurer. And he won't admit to the facts of it. He's a covering up bag. He's a freaking traitor to his country as far as I'm concerned. He let that on. By the way, one more thing. I get off my chest. Remember... When they asked him, how come you didn't tell anybody when the, the issue came out about Hunter Biden's laptop? And we all know, it, it turns out that we know it was real. And, 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 and the question was, how come you didn't tell anybody it was real? You could have said, set aside the whole thing. He said, well, uh, we really don't like to get involved during political campaigns. My God, that's the time when you should be telling the truth. So people know what to do uh, based on the truth instead of hiding it, you dirty, stinking scoundrel. God, I just, I hate these people. I hate them. They're deliberately trying to ruin our country. 355. Okay, sorry. Wow, it's Christmas, so I should just settle down. I know. It's but, Christmas. But, I know, but no. All right. Uh, oh, and by the way, you know what? I was going to, uh, what the hell, 2.30? Was it 53, 57.3? All right, I'll tell you what. Uh, coming up, I'm going to, oh, oh uh, we're going to talk about Dukes of Hazzard star John Schneider and the reaction after what the Democrats have been just screaming about uh, taking people's lives and uh, hurting them and so forth for years. We'll get to that in a second. Also, Vin Diesel has now been accused by his former assistant of some very um, uh, disgusting and disturbing uh, sexual things here during, uh, during one of the, uh, the what they call the Fast Five films. 
Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. There you go. But first, <laughs> close. But no, it's so close. But first, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we want to bring you a Christmas treat here, Flounder. This is something we've done every year for years and years and years on the old Kimmer radio program. And I, I can't, I don't even remember, Pete, do you remember the first year we did started doing this? I have no idea. It goes, got to go back. I have no idea what you're doing. So years. what are you talking well, about? Well, it's a special Christmas tribute from a fellow with a kind of a redneck personality. We like to call oh. it the Redneck Christmas here with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder <laughs> on uh, 1063. It was a night before Christmas and all through the trailer, my cousins was snoring like six drunken sailors. <laughs> The children were nestled all snug in their beds with the home shopping network stuck in their heads. The ashtrays were full and the beer bottles strewn. Looked like no one would stir, at least until noon. And, and so I surmise that with a little good luck, the missus and I could sneak in a good nap. Nap, I'm not sure. I'm having trouble with that line. Sleep, I hope nap, you could help me with that one. Rest, a nice rest. So, uh... I had my wife beat her, and she and her teddy broke out the handcuffs and got the whips ready. <laughs> I just put fresh batteries in all the adult toys when out in the street I heard a hellacious noise. <laughs> I leapt to the window and ripped down the sheet and, and gazed in wide wonder at the scene in the street. <laughs> the full moon was casting a silvery light on a heartwarming trailer park holiday site. A stretch Hummer limo with eight hookers in back and their fat bearded pimp with a red velvet pack. <laughs> he was dressed in Armani with a lizard skin belt, a rock on each finger, and a chinchilla pelt. <laughs> his pearl handled beretta was engraved to Saint Nick, and it was tucked in his trousers right next to his no, wallet. wallet. I I, I'm, trying to, I'm still working on that. Pocket line, watch could be a lot of things. All I right. can't get a good rhyme on that. Uh, one. That's all right, sir. Keep the flow. Uh, keep the flow. The, those gold teeth glittered as the crowd gathered round, and he unfurled a list that reached to the ground. He gave food stamps and vouchers and government cheese to the Hondurans, the Haitians, and the Vietnamese. <laughs> iPods and Game Boys and stereo equipment all recently hijacked from a big Walmart shipment. <laughs> <laughs> and then to his chariot, the portly elf sprang, and to the grateful he yelled, ain't nothing but a fang. <laughs> <laughs> to his curvaceous minions he called, on candy, on brandy, on Maya and Star, on cinnamon and Laquisha, get your ass in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight to bar skanks and bikers and paid hookers alike, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Yes, my friends. And we're going to play that again for you near the end of the program today just for kicks. And uh, later on, we'll tell you about some of the new uh, dangerous toys off the market, including the Too Big for My Windpipe Jigsaw Puzzle and Mattel's new Exploding Fanny Rocket. Now, that doesn't sound like an idea that I could be in favor of. Anyways, almost 4 o'clock with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. Merry Christmas. Look out. Here we go.
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. You can tell Janet Jackson songs by the beat. You can tell Michael Jackson songs by the beats. They have that, that skipping drum beat there, that snare drum. Cool. This little Janet Jackson. Da, da, da. Was on this day in 2005, Janet Jackson was the most searched name according to Google. Janet Jackson topped the list of searches with people looking for pictures of her infamous wardrobe malfunction at the 2004 Super Bowl, which had just been uh, the year, the uh, month, or the uh, a little while before, when she exposed her right uh, <clears throat> breast there, uh, the so-called wardrobe yep. malfunction. Well, that was a stupid thing from the beginning. I mean, why would they think that was even, in, I don't know. To this day, I have a question about that. Why yeah. did that ruin radio? Uh, Everybody says that it killed radio. The government. The government. Because the FCC Because the government's downs, inefficient yeah. and stupid. Yeah. 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 They and, didn't crack down on TV. They cracked down on radio because they could. TV was too powerful. That makes zero sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was 100% uh, visual. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I never understood the point. I mean, why, why would they even think? Why, why would someone even think about, hey, I got an idea. Let's have a flap on her booby and then pull it open during the broadcast. I mean, hey, great idea. God, why didn't I think of that? I mean, really, who? who uh, where in someone's well, see, imagination did that come Think a- about it. That was kind of at the beginning of Madison Avenue and Hollywood trying to warp everybody to destroy the family unit, destroy the country, just to warp every young person's mind. And that was so small and innocent back then. But now you look at what's going on with the kid programs, doing yeah. trans kids and gay dads, watching them dance and stuff like everything is geared to the destruction of the American nuclear family yeah. and the destruction of the country and to groom young children. Everything in American popular culture. Uh, well, I say 90 percent is evil, just flat out evil now. And it's spreading because of the cell phone. It's the instant, instant yeah. communication that links everybody together. It, and I tell you what, you look around the world, people mad at us. 
I'd be mad at us, too, if that's what we're exporting around the world. If that's our culture we're spreading around, I wouldn't want any part of it either. Yeah. Uh, 405 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. We have, we're doing happy stuff here. We're, we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, having our last... This, is, <laughs> this is, it doesn't really sound like it now, but I promise you, later on. <laughs> but we, don't, we don't have any happiness now. I mean, right I mean, to there's, it. There is some coming. I, it's right over here somewhere. I, I was looking for it just a moment ago. Uh, in fact, our, our happy birthday list. Let's do a happy birthday. Um, uh, Ralph Fiennes, the actor, very good actor, 61 years no. old today. What, no, you, no, no, like Rafe. Him? Rafe? Rafe. Oh, oh, I was pronounced Rafe Fines. Yeah, Rafe. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I think you're actually right. (laughs) And on this day in history, uh, uh, 2001, a little more than three months after 9-11, Richard Reed tries to blow up his shoes on an American Airlines flight from Paris to Miami. Stewardesses and passengers stop him. He is now serving multiple life sentences, Richard Reed, in the federal prison system. He probably never get. I hope he's never getting out. Uh, let's see, uh, 406 for the Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. More uh, of Christmas stuff to come up here. In fact, we'll do something uh, very shortly here that I, uh, I do every year, and I hope you'll enjoy it as a kind of a tribute hey. to, uh, to loving uh, couples. Yes. If you're doing birthdays, yeah. we forgot a birthday recently, December... Oh. Um, yeah, December 9th, 1861, William Durant was born. You know who William Durant was? William Durant, uh, the name Durant was the guy who founded CB, uh, founded uh, um, um, uh, General Motors. Yeah, he co-founded General Motors and Chevrolet. He also founded Frigidaire, which oh, made him the first refrigerator magnet. Oh, oh God, you're just you're going to keep doing this, aren't you? You're going to... Uh, <laughs> is, is this like a, a portent for the new year or... <laughs> My God. Refrigerator magnet. Oh. Refrigerator magnet. 407. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, by the way, we got some, we got a bunch of love-type stories here, too. In fact, let's do that now. I was going to do the uh, temper show. I don't feel like doing that right now. And, and uh, the thing with the thing. Uh, okay, this is rather bizarre. The last couple of days, for some reason, uh, recently, uh, there's been a, one story after another, and all over social media, maybe you've seen the videos of women in their 20s and 30s who are suddenly discovering that although they are screaming liberals... They are the typical, you know, young white woman American liberal of today, and they've suddenly decided that uh, they kind of really like the old-fashioned guys all of a sudden. I mean, you know, and, and you've heard that we, we talked about this before, where, where one, one very popular social media woman wrote on, she said, my God, I, I, I love their values and I love the way they treat me, but I hate what they stand for. You know, she, and so they don't know what to do. But it's, as, as now it's at the point where I saw a woman last night all over social media and she was saying uh, she's like 30 and she was saying, uh, man, I went out in the state with this guy. And it was amazing. She said, now, I'm a complete liberal, and I felt my, I felt my feminism leaving me on this date with this guy. And Because she, she's a feminist, and she's a strong. And, but she says, I felt my feminist nature leaving me because this guy was so great. Uh, in fact, one example she gave was, you know, he not only took care of everything, and he, you know, got the waitress, and he got the stuff, and, he, you know, all this kind of stuff. But then he said, I, I'm going to hit the head. Uh, here's my credit card. Uh, order us some stuff, you know, and I'll be back in a minute. And she said, oh, my God. I mean, it was just she's never had anybody who was just, you know, who, who took over like a gentleman, like a man. 
man, uh, like someone in authority, uh, who's willing to <laughs> give her his credit card. And, and she Wait said, no, no, she said, no, what, no, what I, idiot? <laughs> what give idiot gives a woman he just met his credit card? Well, now, see, there you are. She was flabbergasted. That, that was exactly her reaction. She Me said, too. oh, my God. And she said, you know, she said, it's really amazing. A guy wanted to take care of her. A guy wanted to show her that he's in charge and he's there and everything's fine and don't worry about anything. And she said, oh, my God, it was it was fantastic. It was unbelievable. She felt her feminism leaving her. And there's a story today going around all over the place about Gen Z and millennial women are waking up to the lies that feminists have been telling them for years. A woman named Melissa wrote an essay representing a basic average 30-year-old something woman in America today. Uh, she, she says, I'm 38 and single, and I feel betrayed unbelievably by feminism. Culture has failed women by spreading falsehood after falsehood about men, about marriage, about motherhood and career. A slow daily drip of you go, girl, designed to delete men and babies from life's equation, wreaking havoc on women's lives. She said, I was constantly fed this idea that women can do everything. We don't really need men. You know, we're, I've been betrayed by that. I want to go back to some of those teachers and those coaches and say, what the hell did you mean by we can do? What are you talking about? We can't do it all. That's a lie. Uh, she, it's made worse by the fact that uh, she's been slammed with hateful comments from men saying she's being selfish and she's a product of her choices, which is kind of silly. Uh, well, now this psychologist saying that uh, the, uh, the truth is this uh, liberated path women have been groomed to travel has a domino effect. If the goal is not marriage and a family, then what is the goal? To be satisfied being single forever because at least you have a paycheck and no one to answer to? As she said, I don't want to wake up at 60 one day and say, oh, well, golly, at least I had a lot of fun. The problem with the narrative women have been fed is that it deleted the old way of life, but it didn't replace it with something new. It left out the details of how women are supposed to live their lives instead. And more and more women, we are just all over social media waking up saying, holy moly, what the heck is going on? And I bring you one quick love story and then a little piece of advice for a guy who wonders whether his wife is being bad uh, and also whether it's a good idea to be a mistress this time of year. But first of all, just a little tease here from my girl Tay-Tay. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are looking ahead. They've been dating a few months, at least publicly, but they've already, a quote, apparently have had plenty of really deep conversations about their future together. Taylor just turned 34, and uh, Travis Kelsey's 34, the football star, and they're trying to, this is what friends are saying is the inside truth. F they're trying to focus on taking and uh, making as much time for each other as possible in their incredible busy schedules. When they can't physically be together, they are constantly texting, calling, and FaceTiming. Taylor's relationship with Travis is like nothing she's ever experienced. They got serious fairly quickly. She was proud to show off their relationship from the jump. Their romance is off the charts, according to the insider. The Christmas tree farm singer feels so different about this relationship compared to her previous ones. Travis and Taylor have been taking things day by day because his schedule is dependent on the season. But the plan is always to see each other as much as they can. And Swiss friends are giving their seal of approval. Believe the pair's romance is the real deal. Uh, cool. By the way, uh, she's going to his uh, next couple of games on both the Christmas and New Year's holiday. 
and uh, and she's going to be uh, they'll be at the Bengals game, and then uh, you know, she'll be there, and everybody's having fun. So I'm I, I'm thrilled. I think this is I'm, I'm so happy for as just for the love of it. I'm just I'm thrilled for her. Uh, I heard her Christmas song the other night. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I love her talent. I, I do. You know, I, I have a couple of her favorite songs on my uh, stick. 413, Kevin Feed and Flounder. And coming up, a little Christmas tribute to a gift that kind of went haywire with the Kevin Feed and Flounder. Look out. Okay. <laughs> there we go. One of their big hits here. Even I knew that. With a Kimmer Pete and Flounder, 419. Now they're talking, they're singing in the background, but you can't hear them under the music. They're not singing right now. Well, they were a minute ago. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there we go. Now we can hear them. Uh, 2002, former Clash singer and guitar Joe Strummer died of a suspected heart attack. He was only 50, 2002. Uh, they had Clash had the 79 hit London Calling, the 82 single hit Rock the Casbah, the 91 single Should I Stay or Should I Go. Should I, I remember that one. Should I Stay or Should I Go. Uh, first released in 82 and other top singles, the Clash's London Calling album was voted best album of the 1980s by Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, there you go. You can play a little Clash here if you want to, Flounder. This is the song you're thinking of. Yeah. Now, why would I even know anything about Clash? <laughs> That's a bizarre musical thing. But I'll get to it in a second. Anyway, 420 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Our birthday list includes Jordan Sparks. I'll do a musical list here. 34 years old today. And on this day in history, a German physicist named Wilhelm Röntgen made the first X-ray. It was of his wife's hand. And ever since then, the measurement of X-rays has been known as the Wilhelms. Incredible story there, 1895. I could have gotten that backwards, possibly. <laughs> what I mispronounced that's Röntgen. Wrenchin, a wrenchin, ronchin. That's what they call it. Yeah, units no of wrenchins, I think, is the measurement number. Anyway, Radiation or something. It's yeah. radio with a thing here. Uh, 421, Kevin Pete and Flounder. Coming up more about the girly stuff going on here. But I realize, you know, we, we've kind of been goofing around. We're doing some newsy stuff and things going on. Let's, uh, Flounder, let's bring a little class to the program today. We don't normally, you know, I, I rant and rave and I, I have, I'm just totally uncouth. I have no, I'm sometimes just like I'm raised in a barn and they chastise me all the time. So uh, with uh, Pete's okay as the official producer and flounder, let's bring a little class to the organization in time for Christmas, a, a Christmas poem, a Christmas story in a way that I think makes us all feel better about striving to be the best we can be. Ladies and gentlemen, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh <laughs> and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph no. join in any reindeer games. Then, one foggy 
Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, <laughs> Rudolph, with your nose so bright, mm. won't you guide mm. my sleigh tonight? <laughs> then, how the reindeer loved him, and they shouted out with glee, Rudolph! Yes, it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in, a, I think, a way that makes us all feel a little better about bringing class to the outfit, huh? What do you think? Uh, but did we ever hear back from that la- a nice lady uh, on the birthday thing? I have not. I've, I suggest you just give her a nice shout-out. Okay. Was that on... Uh, where did you I, send I it I texted it. It's in our text uh, chain. Okay. Texting chain with Pete and Flan. Was it with the two of you? Or Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, and now I shall try to find it. Sorry, I promise we'll get them right here in just a second. Efforting. Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here. Okay. Right, hold on a second. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is a very nice note, and I, I, I offered to uh, try to do something even more than this, but I'm going to pass this along. We are not going to be on the radio on the 28th of December because we'll be off next week. So uh, here's, But here's a request from a lady named Sabrina. In fact, I made me nod my goggles here. For a lady named Sabrina, she says, Good morning. My husband Matt and I have listened to your show since the early 90s. He has a birthday coming up on the 28th of December. He's a fellow veteran of the greatest fraternity on earth, the USMC, Uncle Sam's Misguided Children. I'm sorry, United States Marine Corps. And the love of my life for 30 years and counting, as well as a top-notch dad to our two beautiful daughters. I know you will be visiting family and off to celebrate Christmas, but if you could work in a birthday wish to Matt Kiesler on December 28th, that would be great. Thank you so much and so glad we can still listen to your show. Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year to you, Pete and Flounder. Sincerely from Sabrina. What a sweet thing. Now, if I, I'll try to save that. Well, I don't have a phone number. I tried to, uh, I, uh, Flounder responded to her, and I said, if you, give a, if you have a phone number, I'll call him. Wish him a happy birthday and do it on the radio or privately, whatever you want. I'd be happy to call him. Um, and if I if I had a phone number, I would call him on the 28th from Colorado. Uh, but I don't have a phone number. So anyway, so I hope, Sabrina, you get the message that he does. And that's very sweet. And we always, we like sweet things. And so I, I'm, 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 I'm happy for you. And I think he ought to be uh, thrilled, too. So very nice. Very nice. Uh, 404, so what's the matter? I'm being silly. Nothing. Oh, good. You're being you're being a wonderful human being. Uh, well, that'd be the first time. Uh, 404 404-741-1230. 404-741-1230. Uh, th- I'm speaking to chicks, man, and uh, love life and stuff like that. This is another thing going on here today. Tell me what you think about this, dear Abby. I'm a 42 year old male, married for 19 years with my three teenage children. My wife recently decided to return to work, staying home with the kids, full time mom. She's an elementary school teacher, has a male coworker. For six months, his co-worker has been texting her constantly, sometimes every day for weeks. Along with work-related texts, he asked for advice regarding his recent breakup with a longtime girlfriend. He has also been sending random texts late at night asking how she's doing and checking in. 
Two weeks into summer break, he messaged her asking her how her summer was and telling her what's going on in his life. I've confronted her about the borderline inappropriate text that he sends, and she assures me nothing is going on between them. She says she's handling it by not responding to his texts, but will not tell him to stop texting her. I've never met the guy, but I feel I need to have a conversation with him explaining my concerns. Emotional affairs are real, especially in a workplace. Even though I trust her, I don't trust him, and I feel disrespected. I understand they work together and need to communicate, but this feels wrong. Any advice would be appreciated. Signed, Excessive in Michigan. Dear Excessive, she's cheating on you. Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my... I, no, I'm sorry. I broke in there pre- prematurely. <laughs> that was wrong. No, no. Uh, here, here's Abby's... Uh, Janine Phillips here. Uh, dear Excessive, I urge you to forget about confronting your wife's co-worker. Try this instead. Tell your wife you want to meet and get to know this co-worker and suggest the three of you, or four if he would like to bring a date, meet for a casual lunch or dinner. If you do, it'll give you insight into what's going on. He may be quite a bit younger, trying to be friendly and asking for dating advice because he thinks of her as a mentor. I do not think this has anything to do with respect or lack of respect for you. Oh, really? It has everything to do with lack That's of respect bull. for you. That's bull. She, she's she's showing total lack of disrespect to her husband. No question about it. And, and by the way, you know when you get uh, sometimes when you get uh, you know some hot babe gets into a workplace and all of a sudden guys are just you know fighting over each other trying to take her to lunch and everything and then her head gets turned and that's the ball game. So I think you need to. I, I don't think you should be uh, you know wor- uh, you know letting this go at all. And in fact, that's a great idea. Say, hey, let's invite him over here for, for a drink with his girl and get a date or meet him for lunch or something with her or show up at her school. I, I'm telling you, this, is, this stinks, man. Uh, this definitely stinks. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry. Once they turn their head, man. It's Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. And now, why Christmas is the most miserable time to be a mistress. <laughs> Where'd you find this story? <laughs> Pete Davis with like a nine-page story of a woman who's some guy's mistress for nine years, seven years. And, and, well, the, the funny part is, I had no idea, but I don't follow this kind of stuff. But this is a woman who's now come forward to describe her seven-year-long affair with Gordon Ramsay. And uh, 10 days before Christmas in 2007, she describes that particular Christmas. She was embracing Gordon Ramsay, and uh, as he's still married, by the way. He was married then, and he's still married to the same girl, and this was in uh, 2007. So she's staying with him, even though they, their affair was outed on uh, the uh, News of the World or Weekly World Daily or one of those things. Uh, in fact, I'll get it if I can find it here somewhere. Anyway, uh, whatever. Uh, she met him in 2001, Gordon Ramsay, and they started having an affair. And he never asked me what I was doing at Christmas time. I never told him how awful it was to be alone without him. And then he'd phone afterwards, and she'd go back to her bright, cheery persona because she wanted to be, you know, he wanted to keep it up as a girlfriend. Uh, while she was seeing Gordon, I was struggling with being the other woman. I decided to start a support group called Mistresses Anonymous. I ran it for a decade. Eventually, she created and hosted a self-help reality TV series, and it was kind of a diversionary tactic, as now this mistress says, it reminded me what an idiot I was, placing my heart and happiness in the hands of a married man. 
I found myself giving the other members the very the um, uh, giving other members the very advice I couldn't follow myself. Get out of that relationship. You deserve better than this. Support group's busiest day is Christmas Day. When she says I'd be the wing woman, wingman for mistresses who were in a desperate state, come up again and again every time mistresses want their married man to be with them on Christmas Day. Women get in touch using ultimatums or piled on the pressure. The men had often been forced to sneak out to see them or make all those things up to them with an expensive gift, but it was never enough. It was as though I didn't exist. I wanted to be there. I wanted to wake up with them on Christmas Day. And it was not going to happen. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. ACDC AC has a song called Mistress for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're playing right now? <laughs> no, no. no we'll play when it. we come back. Yeah, I love it. 431 with the Kimber Feet and Flounder. More good Christmas funny stuff coming up, too. Look out. <laughs> he wants something. I, I don't know what he wants. He wants something for somewhere. I don't know what he's going to get it, probably. I remember the time I was driving my chopper by the uh, West Side uh, uh, Amphitheater several summers ago, and all these people were lined up waiting to get in, and they're all wearing all, you know, black leather face masks and they have motorcycle boots. And I said, boy, there's a Motley crew. And it was, in fact, the Motley crew that was performing, and that's the way their audience dressed. And on this day in 1987, Nikki Six from Motley Crew was dead on arrival in an ambulance when his heart stopped beating for two minutes. Nikki Six was given two shots of adrenaline in his chest, and it revived him, but his fellow band members were told he was dead before he came back to life. And is he still around? I guess he's still around. Huh? That's got to be a hell of a... I wonder if he had to... If, if he saw the tunnel or the light or anything of that stuff. Or the, you know, the the black ghost with the fire in their eyes. <laughs> Whatever. Which way he's going, I don't you know. <laughs> That'd be the bad thing. You know, that, wouldn't that be horrible? Although maybe that's the way to get your stuff in order. I mean, if you, if you had one of those blackout things where you say, you know, you're actually dead for a minute and then you come back. And obviously you see what's like the devil's horns and stuff going. And you say, okay, I'm starting to go to church now. <laughs> I mean, that, that would definitely square you. Because I would tell you that it's re- that it's real. You know, and again, they say the devil's greatest trick is convincing people he's not real. I don't even want to talk about yeah. it. Uh, uh, our birthday list today includes uh, uh, the hideous Diane Sawyer, is 78 years old today. I don't know. She's so smarmy. She used to be, wasn't she a Nixon speechwriter? Uh, and then she got all yeah. smarmy and liberal. And, and she, wasn't she the one who tried to get the, uh, the, the girl to kiss her rapist? Uh, there was a guy. There was a guy in prison uh, for like twenty years because the girl said he raped her. Or maybe it wasn't twenty years. It was several years in prison, and the girl said he raped her. And then she realized she was wrong. And, and so Diane Sawyer was interviewing the guy, and, and they were together on the set. And, and the girl and Diane Sawyer tried to get her to give him a hug or something like that. Some horrible thing, if I remember uh, correctly. You sure you're not thinking about Deborah Norville? Could have been Deborah Norville. They're both blonde, big. I don't know. No, I, th- I, may- I might have been Deborah Norville. 
<laughs> well, they're Deborah Norville's huge. I mean, she's beautiful. Blonde, I mean, she's big. no, no, no. She's built. She's yes. beautiful, but she's like five ten and you know one sixty. But she's really built. I mean, her her uh, she's muscular. I worked with her. One, I did a, a couple covered a couple stories with her on TV in Chicago. When I was uh, doing a, a ABC uh, television news up there, and she was uh, up there doing stuff, and I uh, sorry, did some uh, couple stories for this. She's a beautiful girl, smart, uh, very assertive, aggressive, uh, tough chick, and gorgeous knockout. I remember who was our uh, uh, Harmon Wages was her uh, boyfriend from, and I remember the many stories of their. Well, no sense in Don't talking about it. Don't remind of that. No, no, yes. no, no, no sense in. Uh, on this day in history, in 1952. Automotive, automotive engineers finished the production-ready prototype of the first Chevy Corvette in 1952. This day, they shipped it to New York for its debut at the GM Motorama show at the Waldorf Astoria. Gee, I was at the Waldorf Astoria the time when I was at the oh, Hope Cotillion. <laughs> And she, uh, with a blind date, a uh, uh, black tie. Well, I was wearing white, you know, a black tie to <laughs> the Walter Festoria for the Hope Cotillion. And I had a blind date, and she hated me. Hated me. And I wasn't bad looking. I was in college. I was like age 19 or something. Anyway, whatever. That was the Hope, uh, Waldorf Astoria. And, and, and the waiter came to me. For some reason, I was kind of in charge. And when the bill came, it's like 10 of us at the freaking table. And the waiter came to me, and we all chipped in for the thing. And the waiter came over to me and said, uh, this is not enough uh, gratuity. Uh, this is nowhere near enough gratuity. Uh, to me, why, why pick on me? But that's, I, it looked like I was the leader of the freaking group or something, so I had to, I had to go tell him to shove it. I said, well, that's all we got. What, are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't know anything about, you know, Waldorf Astoria waiters. They probably make $200,000 a year. Anyway, well, did I do the Corvette thing? I did. I'll put that over here now. All righty. <laughs> Get that out of your system. I got a little something out of my system. Well, chicks, man. I mean, God, I was nice to her and everything. There was a gentleman and everything. And, you know, well, you didn't have long hair. <clears throat> Whatever. It'd be something. <laughs> 442. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. I'll do that later. Oh, I know what I wanted to do. Founder, let's do this. I, I was going to tell you about uh, Duke's Hazard Star John Snyder, which I will. But first of all, let's do some goofing around. Uh, one of the famous Seinfeld episodes from many years ago with the guy who died not long ago and he was uh, his uh, uh, son is still a famous actor and his name won't come out you know as soon as you hear his voice more, more uh, uh, oh god i almost ben had stiller it. is the ben son. stiller Jerry's, stiller yeah, uh, yeah stiller still the stiller family uh, and one of the famous episodes of uh, one of the famous seinfeld stories is about the celebration of the christmas season but it's not christmas everywhere many christmases ago i went to buy a doll for my son <laughs> i reached for the last one they had but so did another man as i rained blows upon him i realized there had to be another way what happened to the doll it was destroyed but out of that a new holiday was born a festivus for the rest of us well, that must have been some kind of doll she was <laughs> Now, for the record, the Festivus celebration contains four main traditions. The Festivus pole, the Festivus dinner, the airing of grievances, and the feats of strength. 
<laughs> the poll symbolizes the opposition to the commercialization of Christmas decorations since it is a low-maintenance poll. When the dinner begins, each guest participates in the airing of grievances. Each guest tells their family and friends all the times they have disappointed them that year. If you have a lot, <laughs> if you have a lot of people at your festival celebration, this can take some time. Uh, after the airing of the grievances is the feats of strength. The head of the family tests their strength against someone of their choosing. Festivus is not over until someone has pinned the head of the family to the ground, ladies and gentlemen. And that is the rule of Festivus for the rest of us for the Seinfeld family. Uh, 944 with a Kimmer Pete and a Flounder. And John Snyder is now denying <coughs> that he called for President Biden to be publicly hanged. Well, he kind of did, but he's saying that's not what I meant. And by the way, there's all kinds of reaction to this. Plus, uh, plus, I almost hate to talk about Vin Diesel. I mean, I really care about Vin Diesel. I've, I've, seen, I've seen a little bit of one of his Fast Fine movies. So I just, why can't I even talk? Fast Fine movies? Am I having a stroke Fast or something? Fast and Furious. Huh? Movies. Fast and Furious, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, and he's accused of molesting a girl named Samantha Vincent. On, oh, no, I'm sorry. That, that's his sister. His sister is being sued. Uh, he's accused of uh, molesting a girl named Asta Johnson, or Jonathan, I guess it's pronounced, on the set. And we'll tell you about that, and it's a little creepy. But more, we got a more Christmas stuff to come here, too, uh, including a special Christmas gift, which kind of went awry, and twas the night before, involving... Our former president. All the, and plus, Pete's got Christmas traditions. Let's do Christmas traditions with Pete Davis next. Should we do that next? Why not? Why not? Four, it's a 445 with the Kibber Pete and Flounder. And we got so much more. Don't go anywhere right now. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. They call me back, no Santa. Madonna started a six-week run at number one with Like a Virgin, her first U.S. number one, produced by Nile Rodgers, and family groups tried to ban it because it was sex without marriage. Yeah, sing me, Madonna. <laughs> and remember when she did Daddy, I Want to Keep My Baby, or whatever the name of that song was, and everybody was horrified? About Madonna and this, and, and, and my God, the message is that she wants to have a baby. How could you be horrified a woman wants to have a baby? But they were so mad that Madonna was doing it as though, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just people are stupid. <laughs> 452 uh, with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Happy, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, or whatever holiday doesn't offend you, and Happy New Year, and all the, again, <laughs> we're off next week. And, and uh, by the way, you may not want to miss the, a, a couple of Christmas story specials are coming up tonight. Uh, Iron Mike Tyson hurts Santa real bad. That's on at 8 on CBS. <laughs> and then on ABC, uh, my Christmas sauna with Stacey Abrams. So, again, that's a stinky big fat loser. That's, uh, those are not, not good. <laughs> anyway, uh, although, uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, uh, Pete Davis, a uh, flounder with a little accompanying music, if you would, sir, at 452. Pete Davis, keeping us in the spirit of Christmas, not just in America, but by golly, uh, traditions that could apply to a lot of different people, I think. Let's... 
Around the world. Around the actual world. You know, this isn't big nowadays, but when we were young, people used to talk about a lot at parties where they'd hang the mistletoe up. Yes, yes. Did you ever kiss someone under the mistletoe? Did anyone ever use that as an excuse for you? Um, you know, I remember it, but it was back. Honestly, it was back when I was either in prep school or maybe even junior high as kind of a joke. At a, like when kids would goof yeah. around, stuff like that. But not, as an adult, I don't even remember seeing oh. mistletoe, honestly. People are afraid of it. People are afraid nowadays to do something like that. Like, so oh, I got standing under the mistletoe because they think you're being a sexist or something. Well, I'll tell like you that. what, People especially if you, if you, you know, if you're with a wife or something and some guy's saying, oh, you're under the mistletoe, I get to kiss you. Even if it's on the cheek, he's getting a fist in his mouth. I mean, well, sorry, yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. I used to wear some around on my belt. But well, no, we all, either, we've so all tried that. That doesn't ever, you know. <laughs> all right. Here, here's where, the, do you know where the tradition came from, though? Mistletoe of the mistletoe? Uh, probably in Germany. I'm guessing some kind of German thing. Close. It's Scandinavian. Yeah. And myth says that Frigga, the goddess of love, yeah. which is where we get Frigg from, by the way, traveled around the world asking everything from the earth, air, fire, and water not to hurt her son, Balder the Beautiful. But she forgot to ask the mistletoe, the parasitic plant that doesn't come from the four elements. You know, mistletoe grows on other trees. You can see it in the winter because it's like big puffs of green in the midst the of the dead trees. berries and stuff. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think they have red berries on them. That's I thought Holly's, but had, that's a whole, but that's, Oh, well, well, maybe I'm, I guess I'm thinking of Holly. I thought Mr. Well, had berries on it. Well, uh, just wait, because okay, you'll sorry, find I'm out. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, the, the god of fire was jealous of Balder and had him slain with mistletoe. Some say Loki did it. Balder's mother's tears of mourning became the white berries of the plant, mm-hmm. which she decreed would never again be used as a weapon, and she promised to kiss anyone who passed under the mistletoe. Old legend has it that if a girl has not been kissed under the mistletoe by year's end, she will not marry in the next year. One of the white berries should be removed from each kiss... When all the berries are gone, the mistletoe has lost its magical power. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's a negative magical power. What? You, you, you don't get, get under it. You don't get, well, yeah, I guess. But so, well, it didn't say if you do get kissed, you're going to get married. It just said if you don't, you're not. It didn't say if you do, right. you will. So, Well, basically, it's a good predictor of who's ugly and who's not getting kissed. Well, so you're you not going to get married. Well, some girls will and some girls won't and some girls just can't tell. And some girls do, and some girls don't, and some is just as well. <laughs> By the way, Bob has some tips for you. Two okay. tips this Christmas. Yes, sir. Number one, forget yeah. the past. You cannot change it. No, I'm sorry. That's number not two. Work. <laughs> number two, forget the present because I didn't get you one. <laughs> oh, hey, ho, hi, ho. <laughs> 456 with a carapeted flounder. Ho, hey. Uh, a Thank quick, you. Yes, a quick newsy thing, uh, just because I kind of teased it before and I feel a little bad about it. John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard denies calling for President Joe crime family to be publicly hung. Should be hanged. Uh, he's deleted the post. It went viral. Uh, here's what it said. Mr. President, I believe you are guilty of treason and should be publicly hung. Uh, Snyder, 63, uh, was a message in a screenshot. Your son, too, 
Your response is, question mark, sincerely, John Schneider, he concluded. Well, um, uh, the the current president's message, uh, Trump poses many threats to our country, the right to choose, civil rights, voting rights, America standing in the world, but the greatest threat he poses is to our democracy. If we lose that, we lose everything. When contacted by the Post for comment, Schneider denied he called for an act of violence against the president. Seriously, folks, here's my final comment on this. I neither said nor implied any such thing. Despite headlines claiming otherwise, in my post, I absolutely did not call for an act of violence or threaten a U.S. president, as many other celebrities have done in the past. I suggest you reread my actual post and pay attention to the words before believing this nonsense. It's my position, which I am entitled to have. Some of our nation's leaders in Washington have lost their way. Corruption runs rampant, both on our nation's borders and abroad. Transparency and accountability must happen in order for our constitutional republic to survive. There's no threat implied or otherwise in that statement. Anyway, it goes on and on. Now, for the record... uh, he, let's not forget this. How about Madonna talking about blowing up the White House with Donald Trump in it? How about all those people calling for Donald Trump's son, a uh, 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 rebel, what's his name, uh, Barron, to be raped in prison? Uh, how about fine for Kathy Griffin to show a severed head of the president and brag about it? How about sno- fine for, for uh, poop Snoop Dogg, the poop dog, shooting President Trump in the head? But John Schneider can't uh, make a public comment about the, about the president, who, by the way, is, is a traitor to his country and ought to be put in prison. Uh, give me a break. And while we're at a 458, just a quick thing here. Don't want to dwell on this, but you should know Vin Diesel is being sued. A former assistant named Asta Jonathan, I guess it is, accused Diesel and his sister and their uh, production company of discrimination in firing her when she started complaining about his alleged sexual assault against her. Uh, She says he forcibly grabbed her, groped her breasticles, and then kissed her at a hotel here in Atlanta. It was during the filming in 2010 of one of the movies, Fast and Furious movie. She was an assistant. Her job was to stay close to him in case there were other people around at a party and he was without his girlfriend. Then she would kind of uh, be the buffer so people wouldn't think he was out dating another woman. Uh, Diesel had multiple women in the Empire suite of his luxury hotel when the assault occurred. The last woman left, she says in her lawsuit, Vin Diesel forcibly grabbed me, groped my my breast and kissed me. Uh, she said he pinned her up against a wall with his body and grabbed her hand and put it in her front bump and was enraged from disgusted by touching her from She withdrew and started verbally refusing him. And then he apparently grabbed, oh, well, let's say started shellacking the dolphin right there in front of her when she was pinned against the wall. Ay, ay, ay. And then when she started complaining about it, they called her the next day and said, You're fired. The sister fired him, <laughs> fired her. So I don't know. Seems to me he really, I mean, God, can't, could a date? Anyway, uh, coming up at 5 o'clock, actual funny Christmas stuff coming up next, I promise you, with a Kimber Pete and Flounder, and it's almost over. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs>
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Let's get it together, ladies. Left shoulder, right a plank. Ready on your dog, target. Road guards out. If Marine Corps wanted you to have a wife, he'd issue you one. I have a herb, herb, herb. <laughs> Look out. It's only me. It's only the Kiver. How's it going? 504 with Pete Davis and Falounder. And we're off next, next week. So we are wishing you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and whatever doesn't offend you. And uh, Happy New Year as well, too. Uh, 404-741-1230. 741-1230 is our number. If you'd like to join us, always love to take your phone calls. If you want us to wish somebody happy, uh, a Happy Merry Christmas or something, we'd be uh, very thrilled to do that. Um, and um, uh, a reminder, there's some more warnings came out today. A couple of ways to drain your gift card if you're buying last-minute gift cards. Make sure that it has both pieces to it. When you, If you're at the store and they have those things on those little uh, uh, trees, you know, the little metal trees where you spin around and have all the cards on them, make sure if you pick out a card, feel it to make sure that it's not, uh, uh, there's no, nothing missing. Because sometimes they'll take, uh, people will take those cards and take them away for a minute, and they'll actually take them out and clip off the top that has the tape on it with a number and then put the rest of the card back in the envelope, and unless you feel for it, you'll never know. So, I mean, that's one thing that could happen. But what? What? I could just see you at the Kroger fingering all the yes. gift cards while people are watching. Uh, sir, excuse me. <laughs> sir, you want to move along, please. <laughs> Stop fondling the... <laughs> uh, well, the uh, well, now here, but let me tell you this. 60% of Internet traffic to gift card websites is by malicious bots. 23% of U.S. consumers had gift cards given to them which were blank. 
23% of American consumers who got gift cards found out they had been stolen. They were blank. There was nothing on them. Scammers go to the dark web, have websites in legitimate Internet, and buy the bad bots. They've lowered the barrier to entry to scamming. Scammers no longer have to know how to code. You just get one of these, they, they tamper with the cards at the store, put them back on the shelf, use bots to figure out the combinations on the back of the card so they can drain the money. Uh, the more card scammers can drain, the more money they can steal. It behooves them to use bots. It can drain thousands of cards within seconds. And it's harder for authorities to trace them than a, more than a bank transaction. Anyway, so just, uh, you know, just be careful and cautious and all that kind of, just kind of a, a little thing to be wary of. Uh, and uh, by the way, coming up in sports, I can't wait to have Pete talk about the, what, what the Los Angeles Dodgers have done and what this means for uh, baseball and holy cow and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and we also have a bunch of other Christmas things coming up for today. Uh, we have Pete's tweets standing by. Is that a Christmas tweets, Pete, or uh, a, a regular uh, Pete's tweets? I'm just uh, curious. Not that it makes Both. It could be both. Excellent. Well, that's coming up. But now at the moment, Flounder, if you don't mind, sir, would you have a little musical accompaniment for the Kimmer as we read our traditional Christmas story of a man's pleasure to give love to his special girlfriend, the special sweetheart, the special gift. A young man wanted to buy an expensive pair of gloves for his sweetheart for Christmas. He went to the most expensive boutique, bought the finest gloves there were, asked the saleswoman to have them delivered along with a note that he would write right there. Unfortunately, the clerk mixed up his order while wrapping the merchandise, and instead of the expensive gloves in the box, the clerk accidentally wrapped a pair of panties and sent them to the young man's sweetheart along with the note that he had written, which reads, Darling, I've been trying desperately to come up with a special gift for Christmas. I chose these because I noticed that you are not in the habit of wearing any when we go out in the evening. I would have chosen the long ones with the buttons, but since your sister wears the short ones, which are so easy to remove, I wanted to get the same style for you. You may be concerned that these are a delicate shade. However, the sales lady showed me a pair that she had been wearing for three weeks now, and they were hardly soiled. She said that there are a couple of important care considerations that I should mention to you. First of all, when you take them off, remember to blow in them before putting them away since they will naturally be a little damp from wearing. Second, be sure to keep them on while cleaning them so they don't shrink. The sales lady made such an impression upon me that I had her try them on for me right there at the store. She really looked great in them, and I can just imagine how great they're going to look on you. I decided to mail these so that you'll have them on in time for your Christmas gift. I really hesitated because I wanted so much to be there to watch you put them on for the first time. There's little doubt in my mind that many other hands will have touched them before I see you again. I can hardly wait to run my own hands over them or do as the French do and gently kiss them. I hope you really like them and will wear them for me on Friday night. P.S. The latest style is to wear them folded down with a little fur showing. I love you, my darling. Merry Christmas. Never fails to amuse. At least never fails to amuse me. <laughs> uh, 509 with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. 
And we mentioned earlier a terrible tragedy in Russia. Father Christmas, who's known as uh, Grandfather Frost, was uh, they traditionally dress him up, and he's wearing like a red cape and a, a red outfit, and he gets up on top of the 24-story building west of uh, a, a death in uh, Chelyablonska, western Russia, and he's the their red-robed Santa Claus is an experienced climber, and he gets up on the structure 24 stories high and accidentally pulls on the wrong rope, and instead of uh, shellacking down the building properly with happiness, he tumbles 240 feet to his death. Uh, instead of uh, delivering the little children their presents and good wishes with the families all waiting to touch him and talk with him below. <laughs> Luckily, uh, he fell about a, a one floor before the ground. He fell and hit that and died, and the kids didn't see his dead body. But they were kind of messed up about it. Everybody thought it was a stunt. They thought it was, you know, like a dummy or they were just, he'll, he'll be now, he'll come run out to the kids and show them Santa's just fine. Old Grandfather Frost, yeah, no, he's dead. Uh, the legendary figure uh, in Slavic countries wears a long red or blue fur coat, has a magic stick that ride, rides with a troika chariot of three horses. He's helped by his granddaughter, Snagurtenakrachka. It's possible I added a syllable in there. Uh, that means the Snow Maiden. Uh, the figure was exiled during the Soviet era, deemed an instrument of the bourgeoisie. But they brought it back in 1935. Joseph Stalin uh, looked to boost his own popularity. So, Grandfather He'll Frost. will now be known as Santa Pinata. <laughs> 5-11 with a Kiver Peter Flounder. Oh, you know what, Flounder? Let's do one more musical thing. Are you still here? Yeah, uh, do one more. I got one more thing. This was sent to me by a guy named Greg many, many years ago. And this was on the day or the, the Christmas time right after Donald Trump had won election as president. That was the year. And this was the first Christmas. So Flounder with a little musical accompaniment, sir. The one you had before is just fine. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and up in the tower, the Donald reflected on his newfound power. The conservative masses had come out in force and delivered a victory that would chart a new course. The snowflakes were shell-shocked with tears in their eyes. The media lied to them. What a surprise. They had heard they'd promised a Hillary win, but the unethical Clinton took one on the chin. So out in the streets there arose such a clatter. It was Soros-paid protesters and Black Lives Matter." With cities to pillage and windows to smash, they knew not the issues but needed the cash. Eight years of Obama had given them cause to expect a replacement of their Santa Claus. But soon the protesters will feel the pain when the wheels fall off of the old gravy train. I saw Trump on TV in front of a crowd. He spoke about veterans that made me feel proud. He spoke about energy and safety and jobs taking this country back from the Washington snobs. He thanked all the voters and before he was gone, saved thousands of jobs while Obama looked on. The fate of this country left nothing to chance, so he filled out his cabinet weeks in advance. The roar of his audience rose from the stands. He kissed all their babies and shook all their hands. He answered their questions and calmed all their fears. They knew it would be fantastic four years. Then he jumped in his limo and off to his jet, a fellow that liberals will not soon forget. He sent one more tweet as the evening expired. Make America great again. And Obama, you're fired.
513. Thank you, Greg, with a Kimmer Pete and Flounder. Holy crap, it's sports is next. You don't want to miss what the Dodgers have done. Holy mackerel. Look out. Here we go. Stand by. 513. Look out. All right, look out. I'm watching video on Fox of, a, of the wave that took out the cruise ship from the view of, like, the steering wheel. Holy moly. <laughs> like the worst in the movies. 519. I got a couple of sports birthdays, but wait to hear about this. This is cool. Holy crap, it's sports with Pete Davis. The steering wheel? Steering <laughs> well, from the, the cap, well, what they call them, the, the, the ship's wheel, the, the, the round <laughs> the thing. The crow's nest. The crow's nest, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You see the video, and it, it gets bigger and it bigger is. and bigger, and then boom, it just, oh, man. Mm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. yes, sir. This just in. Yeah. Florida State has entered the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> Another one? <laughs> uh, they're suing the ACC to get out, and we joke now, but if FSU just bites the bullet and leaves the ACC, Expect Clemson to do the same and then sit back and watch the Atlantic Coast Conference go the way of the Pac-12. And you think that can't happen to the SEC or the Big Ten? You have not been paying attention to what the money men have been doing to college football the last few years. They want an NFL-style setup and to hell with the rivalries, traditions, and history. As Randy Newman sings, it's money that matters. Nick Saban says he expects some kind of controversy or thunderbolt, as he calls it, to come soon and drastically change college football forever, saying there are no guardrails for what's happening in the sport right now, and they're heading for the cliff. So it's interesting how this is going to change. You, th you think they're trying to make it so that everybody plays everybody, and there's no, there's just, I mean, there's no uh, division. Nope. I mean, uh, what are they? I think what are they they're, going they're trying for? to get. They're trying to get rid of Vanderbilt, Purdue, teams like that, and they're going to go to like 40 or 50 teams, and only they can win the national championship, and they'll be the big teams. So basically, it's what they want. They want an NFL junior is what they want. There's more money involved. Well, so, so, now, so where, where would – You know, they're trying to kill the, go the goose that laid the golden gate. Where, where, where would Florida State go and Clemson? Where, what would they do? If they di if they ditched if the ACC, what would happen? Uh, I mean, who would they join? If they want to leave the ACC, what would what would happen to them? Well, the SEC doesn't really need them. Uh, you're talking about Florida State, yeah, leaving the ACC. Yeah, yeah, the SEC really doesn't need them. They don't really bring anything to it, unfortunately, because Tallahassee is not a huge market. They already have Flor the Florida market there with the Gators and everything. Uh, what, basically, they want to get rid. I think they want to get rid of the conferences the way they are now. And to make it a kind of a super conference type thing with, you know, like the NFL does. Yeah. So it's well. it's a mistake, but that's what they're going to try and do. Mm. Uh, Georgia Tech plays uh, UCF at the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa starting at 630 tonight. Go Yellow Jackets. Beat those Central Florida whatever they are. <laughs> the Dancing Falcons insurance salesman. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly. The travel agents. Yeah. The Orlando travel agents is what they're known. Oh, no. The Falcons and interim head coach Arthur Smith were fined by the NFL for finagling the injury report a few weeks ago concerning mm -hmm. running back Bajan Robinson. The team finds 75000 Smith himself 25000 And Coach Smith commented on his discussions with the league, quote, I understand their point of view, so lesson learned there. It was a good conversation, and there are probably a lot of conversations that are going to be had in the spring, end quote. That's right. Yeah. Those, those conversations are called job interviews. So. And out of the 10 experts, the AtlantaFalcons.com asked who would win Sunday's game in the bins between the 8-6 and six Colts and the 6-8 and eight Falcons. How many of the 10 do you think picked Indianapolis? Nine. 
or ten, probably ten. How the, the Falcons wow, aren't going to beat the Colts? You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, seven, seven agree with you. Seven of the ten agree with you. It's going to be Indy. Uh, we'll so see. there. Uh, well, with the Saints losing last night, you know, they're still in the yeah. playoff hunt. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, good news here. Chris Lindstrom, Drew Dahlman, and Jake Matthews are going to be able to play on Sunday. So let's get to the big story. The Dodgers are building a super team out in L.A. First, they signed Shohei Otani to the sweetheart deal. Then they get Tyler Glasnow and now Japanese star Yoshinobu Admiral Yamamoto no, is signed to a 12-year <laughs> $325 million oh, contract. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. Not only that, they will pay an additional $50.5 million posting fee to his former team, the Oryx Buffaloes in Japan. They will also, by the way, give him a $50 million signing bonus for signing with them. Uh, let's see. So, so far, the Dodgers have spent more than $1 billion in free agency. Okay, they've now accounted for more than half of the spending across Major League Baseball and free agency this winter. One team. Who's got all that half. money? I mean, who, who, who's got the money, and how can they possibly the make up for it? Well, first of all, they're going to make money on Shohei because just selling his damn jerseys and in Japan and in North America. I mean, they'll make money on him. I don't know if they'll make money on the other guys. But they'll make money on him. Uh, so it's good for baseball. If we only had a real commissioner that actually looked out for the best interest of the game like they're supposed to do. But my, Rob Manford yeah. is just an, a moron. And he proves it all, all the time again. So you got to ask, is Yamamoto worth it? He's 25. He's a right-hander. He's run uh, three straight MVP awards. He's won their Cy Young Awards. He's dominated like nobody ever has over in Japan. His ERA is 1.65. He strikes out nearly five times as many hitters as he walks. He is allowed one home run every 28 innings. Not every 28 batters. Every 28 innings he gives up mm. home run. He only gave up two home runs this past season. The whole wow. season. Two of them. Uh, he's five foot ten, 176 pounds. Kind of reminds me of Tim Lincecum. You had that weird yeah. wind-up and everything to get the most. He throws 99 miles an hour. He does not lift weights. He basically has flexibility. He has exercises. He throws soccer balls and javelins to long toss. So he has kind of like that weird thing that Trevor Bauer had about throwing long yeah, toss and all right. that stuff. Yeah. As, and his agreement is $1 million more than what the Yankees gave Garrett Cole, which I'm sure they wanted in their contract to be the highest paid of all time. Wow. So he's got that going for Unreal. Him. So. Uh, basically, the Dodgers uh, doing what Steinbrenner and the Yankees did back in the 70s times three. It's on steroids. And Manfred Sisback, you can, I guarantee you, if the Kansas City Royals or the Pittsburgh Pirates tried this, he'd shoot it down in a heartbeat. But the, the Dodgers can do this, and it's okay because they want the Dodgers in the World Series. That's yeah. the way it is. And it, it's a good thing Kirk Herbstreit knows football. Baseball seems to escape him. <laughs> During last night's game on Amazon Prime between the Saints and the Rams, the cameras caught new Dodgers Shohei Otani in the stands. To which Herb Street said, quote, they just showed Shohan Otoni Tony up in the scoreboard. <laughs> End quote. You think he, he went from Shohei Otani to Shohan Otoni Tony. <laughs> Kirk is so pretty. Yeah, Isn't he? He's so pretty. So nice. Rub his head. <laughs> The Hawks are in Miami tonight for dinner. May I suggest yeah, the yeah. stubborn seed of South Beach 
Top Chef winner Jeremy Ford's edgy neighborhood restaurant doles inspired new American cuisine that you'll be craving long after your meal. And it comes with a Michelin star, which does not mean the calamari has the taste and texture of a rubber tire. It's, it's basically the opposite. <laughs> Gross. Uh, the shorthanded Jazz beat the Pistons last night uh, by eight points. It's Detroit's 25th straight loss. That's one short of the NBA single season record. In fact, this winless streak is beginning to look like the Kimmer's bar pickup non-success of the last decade. Talk <laughs> yeah, about you. an offer. Yeah. <laughs> but the fans were yelling, sell the team to the owners. So they got that going for them up there. And how fat is Pelicans bust Zion Williamson? So fat, even the rotund mound of rebound, Charles Barkley says he needs to get in shape. And Stephen A. Smith says it looks like Zion ate a buffet. Not at a buffet, but the whole buffet table. And let me just point out that I called Williamson a bust the second he was drafted. I've said from the very beginning, this guy's got foot injuries. He's overweight. He will never be slim. This guy will is a huge bust. And the Pelicans, of course, being New Orleans, took him anyway. Yeah. So they took a guy who's a fat guy who likes to eat, and they put him in one of the best eating yeah. towns, yeah. of course, according yeah. to them, in mm -hmm. the world. I don't eat that crap, but they do. So we'll see. Wow. Uh, enough hullabaloo, hullabaloo over John Morant's return to the NBA. He didn't come back from cancer. He's back from a suspension for brandishing his weapon in public twice, like it was a candy cane or something. The players are acting like he's a returning hero from personally killing Osama bin Laden or storming the beach of Normandy. Enough of the hugs and the tears and all that. He brought it on himself. He's not you know, coming back from cancer. I'm tired of hearing this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And a little while ago, Colorado Avalanche play-by-play -play man Mark Rycroft, who was on the air, took a big swig of what he thought was coffee from a cup next to him in the booth. What do you think it was? <laughs> Probably somebody's brandy or schnapps or something. <laughs> Worse. It was booth mate Mark Moser's tobacco spit oh, cup. Oh, no, God. Yeah. I was hoping you weren't the video. Oh. The video of him trying to wash his mouth out without puking everywhere oh. is priceless. He grabs like four cups of stuff. The most amusing part is when Moser picked up the cup and wiped off the rim to make sure he got the, his partner's germs off his disgusting spit cup. Uh, How dare you? There won't be any germs alive on that spit cup, I guarantee you. The stuff that comes <laughs> out of his mouth from that tobacco will, will definitely kill any of the germs that might be lingering from his buddy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it, it brought back so many bad memories when oh. we were kids. Our great uncle would tear off the bottom of a milk car. Remember the wax milk yeah. cartons, oh, the square yeah. ones? Yeah. He would, he would cut the bottom half, and that would be a spit cup and he would chase us around the house with it threatening oh, to throw it on god us. yeah yeah <laughs> on this date 1999 the braves got second baseman kilvio veras first baseman wally joiner whom i played against at uh, glenwood hills really uh, i remember uh, wally joiner wally joiner yeah an outfitter reggie sanders from the padres for ryan klesko brett boone and pitcher jason shield and it was on that same day in 99 that John Rocker's uh, Sports Illustrated interview came out. Oh, boy. In which he basically Riding the disparaged subway. every race and ethnic group. But you know what? Everything he said about New York City yeah. was true. He was talking about riding the subway, and you, get, you got the you got an F-bomb, and you got a queer, and you got a thing, all these things, and he just nailed him for it. But he was right. He was just describing what he saw. He wasn't trying to be mean or yep. ugly. He was just saying it. You know, here we are. Well, yeah, he, he was a jerk. Well, he that's was true. trying to be mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
On this date, 1932, Phil Woosnam was born. Do you remember him? He was a Welsh soccer player. He was the player and manager of the Atlanta Chiefs back in 68 and 69. He scored the first goal in soccer in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium history. They huh. won the championship of the NASL, the first pro franchise in Atlanta to win a championship. Well, Phil Woosnam, who passed away in Dunwoody back in 2013. I'll be darned. And that's sports. Two quick sports birthdays. Steve Carlton, Hall of Famer, and the silent one, Steve Carlton, 79. And the father of Los Angeles, Steve Garvey, is yes. 75. That's true. <laughs> and uh, Lonnie Smith. It's Lonnie Smith's oh, birthday. Oh, really? Oh, don't, Lonnie don't Smith. Lonnie. Well, we haven't talked about Lonnie Skates. Smith in a while. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, 531 with the Kim Pete and Flounder Christmassy stuff coming up next here on uh, 106.3. Happy Friday. I think one of the first 45 records I ever bought, may have been the first one I ever bought, was Little Susie by Buddy Holly and the Crickets. I think it was him. Uh, 1957, the Crickets released the single Oh Boy, backed with Not Fade Away in Britain became their third top 10 hit. Oh Boy was recorded by Sonny West in the late 1950s. Didn't go anywhere, though. In 1964, the Rolling Stones cover of Not Fade Away with a strong Bo Diddley beat was a major hit in Britain and was the A-side of the band's first U.S. single. I remember Not Fade Away. I would like that by the Stones. Anyway, Buddy Holly in uh, 1957 on this day. And um, a little historical oh, a birthday first birthday, Ted Cruz, the uh, senator of Texas. Ted Cruz, 53 today and on this day in history uh, 1961 james davis became the first american soldier to die in vietnam that was when our involvement in 1961 was supposed to be strictly militarily uh, military advisors uh, and then kennedy and johnson and when bing bang boom and off we go 537 how you doing it's only democrats. Me. Uh, the democrats absolutely well there's nothing like a good war to expand the uh, you know military industrial complex and uh, get some people voting for you because they're afraid not to, you know, stuff like that. Uh, we got Pete's tweets coming up. We'll do that in a second here. You, should we do that in a second? We'll do that in a second. Uh, sure. First, uh, first of all, we also have some year. Uh, we're going to do some Christmas stuff here. In fact, we'll do. Uh, we got the audition tape uh, for Scott McFarland's uh, audition tape to get uh, awarded a scholarship at the uh, Juilliard School of Music in New York, and we have we got his audition tape, and you're going to hear it. I'm, I promise you'll never, ever forget it. A quick list of some of the uh, year-end things that are coming out, like the best movies of the year. I'll bet, I'll bet we have... I know I haven't seen that. I'm not going to the theaters anymore, and I don't think they're out on TV yet. But uh, have you guys ever heard of these? Number 10, The Taste of Things. It's about nope. preparing French mo uh, mo meals. Like the Babette's Feast before it. It's some kind of a surreal, stupid thing. Uh, the number nine best movie of the year, The Holdovers. A comedy arises from the tough love way of boarding school. Scrooge deals with his students over Christmas break. The Holdovers, number nine. Number eight, May, December. Natalie Portman plays a professional actor swooping into the life of an ex-con, Julianne Moore, channeling her tabloid subject, Mary Kay Letourneau, years after she went to prison for initiating a sexual relationship with her underage baby daddy. May, December. Uh, number seven, best movie of the year, Origin. 
Not since Roots has a drama taken such ambitious approach to the stain of slavery. Origins not about ancestry, but the seeds of a system that dehumanizes one group so that others may dominate them. I found analogs in Nazi Germany and, and the Indian caste system. Number seven is Origin. Number six, best movie, Anatomy of a Fall. Unconventional courtroom drama. A writer plunges to his death from the upper floor of his mountain chalet, making his wife the only suspect. The tragedy forces the most intimate aspects of the couple's marriage into light. Anatomy of Fall. Number five, The Monk and the Gun. Is this bad? Unpredictable enlightening comedy, uh, preparing for the first Democratic election. Uh, it's a monk thing. Uh, number four, past lives. <laughs> Old souls find one another again and again over the centuries. Uh, re a girl reconnects with her childhood sweetheart. Oh, come on, it's number four, past lives. Number three, Chicken for Linda. Best film of the year at Cannes <laughs> Festival. Relationship complicated between a single mother and her eight-year-old child better than any live action movie. Number two, Oppenheimer. I was underwhelmed, he wrote, by Oppenheimer in first viewing. A twist may have horrified. Uh, grand as anything David Lee never directed, this massive, powerful biomics been marketed as making the atomic bomb. Uh, it turns out the last hour is the key why he had to tell the story, racing to the can, whatever. Uh, and number one, the best movie of the year, this guy says, Poor Things. Um, oh, uh, playing God in this equation, oh, Willem Dafoe suggests a cross between Dr. Frankenstein and the mad scientist Monster. Uh, and then it continues his father's research. Oh, good Lord. Anyway, so that's your... I've, I've seen the year. previews of that with Mark Ruffalo and Emma Stone. Yeah. And I'm thinking, who the hell is going to shell out 12 bucks to see that? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Not me. A wager comes up on TV, 540. And now, Flounder, if you will, sir, our, our uh, musical tribute today to Scott McFarland. He's our, he's our uh, commandante, uh, station operations manager, boss, GM type stuff. And he, uh, he's, he has a musical background. It started really uh, just in the shower doing stuff. And then his friends in school said, hey, it sounds pretty good in the locker room. Why don't you really do something about it? Son of a gun. The man put together an audition tape. I did all the instruments himself and everything in his basement studio, sent it to the Juilliard School of Music, and by golly, got himself a scholar. You're not going to ever forget this a rendition of a classic Christmas favorite, Scott McFarland from the Dickey Broadcasting Company with Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our dear Savior's birth. It's going to start to build here now. That's the intonation. Long lay the world in sin and error mm -hmm. till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. He's starting to build, he's starting to build it, here we go. Oh, hear 
when Christ was born. Here we go. Building up to the chorus. Here comes the chorus. Broadcasting Company and our own Scott McFarland. Don't blame Dickie Broadcasting for this. (laughs) He left early today. (laughs) He knew. For very good reason. (laughs) By the way, the Babylon Bee has some ideas if you have have giving specific gifts for a a specific part of the Christian fraternity. For example, they're saying Baptists, a good gift would be Tupperware for the casserole storage plus a a diabetes test kit. Um, For Universalist Unitarians, the best gift is nothing since there's no God. Life is meaningless. They're all just atoms dancing to the random firing of synapses in our brains. Maybe he pirated that with a nice card. Or uh, they suggest a gift for Catholics, a bumper sticker that says, Miss Me Yet? And a picture of Pope Benedict. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's <laughs> a Merry Christmas for all and to all a good night. Uh, <laughs> Pete's holding up his statue of Jesus as we speak. <laughs> he looks like <laughs> Yasser Arafat. Uh, it's quarter of six. More Christmas joy coming up next with the Kimmer Pete and Flounder. Right here. Look out. Here we go. <laughs> I'm watching a commercial for the ASPA with all the doggies in the cages on TV right now. I hate those. I can't watch them because I want to go get them all. I want to win the freaking lottery. I want to have a billion dollars. I want every freaking dog's going to have a home. I'll pay for it. I'll buy the homes. I'll, I'll rent the families. I mean, God. Anyway, and we did at the beginning of the show. We did a story about a little doggy who had been missing. Actually, was gone living in the woods near some people in Crowley, down in West Sussex, England, for seven years. And was living somehow in the woods. People would uh, leave food out for him and stuff. And finally, they've got him. He was chipped and everything, and they've they've got him a new home now. Seven years on his own in the woods. 
Uh, wow. Anyway, on this day in history, uh, some good news. 1989, for the first time in decades, the Brandenburg Gate is open. West German Chancellor Helmut Kohl walked through to be greeted by the East German fascist, and then thousands flooded through the gates. And then some people, including hot babes, would send fake rocks, pretending they were souvenirs of the gate coming down and stuff, and guys would get them, and they'd think they were getting a special gift, and so it was pretty funny. Uh, Hector Elizondo birthday, 87 years old. He's a good actor, too, very good actor. Uh, good couple, actor. Yeah, a couple of quick... Uh, uh, more unsafe toys for Christmas. If you're looking for the, some of the last uh, last uh, things to buy for your kids, uh, Hasbro's Slippery Steps. This is not a good thing to bring home for the family. How about uh, Remco's Pocket <laughs> Beehive? <laughs> Again, that's not that's not a good toy for. Uh, how about that? Ooh, you're blue. The exciting hold your breath game. Again, these are not. Uh, we don't suggest these at all in any way. Um, <laughs> sorry, just for the record. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Flounder, you want you want to play that song? Uh, let's. Uh, uh, one of our favorite Christmas songs is uh, putting in the mood. If you're going to go see one of your famous. Uh, favorite relatives over the Christmas time. You want to? We got there right here. We go <laughs> just for the fun of it. Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe she'd been drinking too much eggnog. And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had hoof prints on her forehead And incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe that's enough. That's Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Just a little snippet of it for you to put you in the Christmas mood. I uh, hope your traffic's okay if you're out there driving around. 5.54 is our time. Do we ever get Pete's tweets in? I don't think we ever got Pete's tweets in. You want to do a couple of quick tweets? We should do it. That's no, it. There we go. Well, yeah. we can't ignore Pete's tweets. We got Pete. We got the tweets. Uh, that's why we gave it the name. You know, we took a lot of effort in that. Uh, you know, Pete's tweets right here. <laughs> Okay, you're going to travel Christmas Day. You're going to yeah. be part of the holiday travel crush and everything. Yeah. So I've, I've got, if you think this is bad and it's horrible and you've got long lines and everything, just remember. Yeah. There is a counter at an airport in Salzburg, Austria. Okay. Just for people who flew there instead of Australia. <laughs> Austria and Australia. <laughs> I'll bet there is a special counter. Yeah. So they try not to feel embarrassed that <laughs> I accidentally... <laughs> Imagine waking up. That's a little bit difference in your like 8,000 miles. Not where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and finally, I, I saw an old radio for sale the other day. You know, one of those old-timey ones, yeah. really cool ones? Yeah, the old... Uh, and it was only like 50 cents. And I said to the sales, how can you sell sell one of these old radios for just 50 cents and she goes well the volume is stuck on high and i thought to myself well i can't turn that down I don't, oh god you did it again oh i keep i'm so easy i can't turn that down. 
Uh, I turn it up to 11. If you go to 11. Jeez. <laughs> Flounder, let's see. Well, I want to play, get everything in here before we go. How about uh, how about the Shakespearean version of a special Christmas perm? Shall we do that for you with the Flounder Kim repeat at 555, ladies and gentlemen? shiny nose and if you ever saw it you would even say it glows all of the other reindeer used to laugh <laughs> and call him names <laughs> they never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games join in any then one foggy Christmas Eve. Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh? <laughs> Get off my back. Tonight. <laughs> yeah, why not? Then, how the reindeer loved him, and they shouted out with glee, Rudolph! flames. <laughs> 5.57. And without further ado, we jingle along with a special Christmas poem for you. Well, the night before Christmas and all through the trailer, my cousins was snoring like six drunken sailors. <laughs> the children were nestled all snug in their beds with the home shopping network stuck in their heads. The ashtrays were full and the beer bottles strewn. Looked like no one would stir at least until noon. And <laughs> And so I surmise that with a little good luck, the missus and I could sneak in a good nap. Nap, I'm not sure. I'm having trouble with that line. Sleep, I was hoping nap. you could help me with that one. Rest, a nice rest. So uh, I and my wife beat her, and she and her teddy broke out the handcuffs and got the whips ready. <laughs> I just put fresh batteries in all the adult toys when out in the street I heard a hellacious noise. <laughs> I leapt to the window and ripped down the sheet and, and gazed in wide wonder at the scene in the street. <laughs> the full moon was casting a silvery light on a heartwarming trailer park holiday site. A stretch Hummer limo with eight hookers in back and their fat bearded pimp with a red velvet pack. <laughs> he was dressed in Armani with a lizard skin belt, a rock on each finger, and a chinchilla pelt. <laughs> His pearl-handled Beretta was engraved to St. Nick, and it was tucked in his trousers right next to his wallet. I think. I, I'm, trying to, I'm still working on that line. Pocket watch. Could be a lot of things. All right. I can't get a good rhyme on that one. Uh, that's all right, sir. Keep the flow. Keep the flow. Uh, those gold teeth glittered as the crowd gathered round, and he unfurled a list that reached to the ground. He gave food stamps and vouchers and government cheese to the Hondurans, the Haitians, and the Vietnamese. <laughs> iPods and Game Boys and stereo equipment all recently hijacked from a big Walmart shipment. <laughs> and then to his chariot, the portly elf sprang. 
And to the grateful, he yelled, ain't nothing but a fang. <laughs> <laughs> to his curvaceous minions, he called on candy, on brandy, on Maya and Star, <laughs> on cinnamon and Laquisha, get your ass in the car. <laughs> 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 and I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight to bar skanks and bikers and paid hookers alike, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas and... Gotta go, you're killing me. Hoorah, boys. See you next year. Have fun. Gotta go. Be careful out there. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 